Hello and welcome to the Crossroads Church Podcast, where we desire to see a world transformed by the good news of Jesus Christ. If you have a story to share about how God is working in your life, you can send a message to info at mycrossroads.co. Now, let's get our hearts and minds ready for a powerful message from God's Word. You know, every single one of us, every single person who's hearing my voice right now, you, God has given you a measure of faith. That's uh, Romans 12, 3 sa- says that. God has, has given you faith. You have whatever faith you need to accomplish what God has called you to, to accomplish. He's given you whatever faith you need to do what he's called you to do. That's a pretty cool thing. So we're never without faith. So then what's the problem? A lot of times what happens is we have, there really is an enemy who tries to fill us with doubts, who tries to fill our mind with with doubts, and he is incredibly persistent at it. And sometimes those doubts are just these little thoughts, right? Just little doubt thoughts that come into our, our, our mind. But sometimes those are, are huge doubt storms. I mean, these big things that you're just wondering, that you're filled with doubt, that it seems like your mind is just absolutely being bombarded with, uh, with doubt. Have you ever wondered why in the world is he is so incredibly persistent in giving us doubts? And he, uh, I think we can go back to Mark chapter 11 where Jesus said these words. And imagine these words. They're incredible. He said this, Have faith in God, Jesus answered. I tell you the truth. If anyone says to this mountain, Go! Throw yourself in the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes what he says will happen. It will be done for them. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you received it and it will be yours. Satan knows something. He knows that if we go after something, we don't doubt. If, 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 we're not, if, we're, if we are able to vanquish, vanquish and, uh, and banish doubt in our heart, that he's toast. His kingdom is toast. And that is why he's going to do everything he can to bring doubt into our mind because he knows that all, if all we do is grab something with faith, that, that he's in trouble. Joyce Meyer said it like this, faith is the product of the spirit. It is a spiritual force. The enemy doesn't want you to get your mind in agreement with our, our spirit. He knows that if God places faith in us to do a thing and we get positive and start con- consistently believing that we can actually do it, then, uh, then we will do considerable damage to his, his kingdom. And can I just be transparent with you? As I was preparing this message and I was, I was reading that pa- passage right there that, uh, that, that uh, Jesus said, my mind immediately went into a doubt. I mean, I'm thinking, can it be that good? I mean, can it truly be that if we have, if we don't doubt anything that we can do, you know, that whatever we say is going to happen? I mean, can it really be that good? Does God, is God that faithful with prayer? And isn't it amazing that, that immediately as I read that, there's a little bit of doubt that, that comes into my, my mind and heart. And it just shows the persistence of what Satan will try to do. He will do anything to keep us from believing who God is and believing God's, uh, God's word. And you think about what were Satan's very first words to us? The very first words to Adam and Eve. Now, remember, God had said this. God had said that you can, you can eat from here. Man, here's paradise. Here's the garden. Enjoy. Do everything. It is all yours. Have fun. Enjoy it. Just do one th- don't do one thing. Just don't eat from the tree of the, the knowledge of good and evil. One thing. That's the only thing I'm asking. Don't do one thing. And Satan comes along and he says these words. He said, did God really say that you can't eat from any tree in the garden? Now, did you see what he did right there? 
I mean, what he did is, you know, those, the missiles, most nuclear missiles, they don't just have one missile that goes. They have MIRVs, right? They have multiple missiles that, that go out from that, from that one missile, one, multiple warheads. And that's exactly this one sentence, what he's done, is he has had them try to doubt God's faithfulness, God's goodness, God's reliability, God's word, God's care for them, God's trust for them, and it's made this one thing. And here's the weird thing. It worked. I mean, here they were in a perfect environment, never had a problem in the world, never had a worry in the world, and yet they're doubting what, uh, what God had said. That, that little seed of doubt went in and it, uh, and it, and it grew in their, in their heart. And I ask several of you, I ask a lot of people, what's the biggest doubt that you struggle with? What's the biggest area of doubt that you deal with? And here's some of the things that people said. First, there's doubts of inadequacy. I don't have what it takes. I doubt I can do what God is wanting me to do. Some of those, some things like that, right? And here you think about it. You, if you, that's your thought, you're in good company because most of the heroes of the faith, when God asked them to do something, uh, they were, they, they truly, truly, truly did not believe they were up for the, for the task. One of the first of that is, is Moses. Look at him. He says, God says, you're going to deliver my people. And Moses says, but Moses pleaded with the Lord, oh, Lord, I'm not very good with words. I have never been. I'm, I'm not now. Even though you've spoken to me, I get tongue-tied and my words get tangled. Moses didn't believe he had what it took as far as his speaking ability. Then there's, there's Gideon. God says to him, you're going you're gonna to go in and you're going you're gonna to deliver your, my people from the Midianites. And look what he said. The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength that you have and save Israel out of the hand of Midian's hands. Am I not sending you? But Lord, Gideon asked, how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I am the least of my family. Gideon's doubt was because he truly felt that he was a nobody from a family of nobodies, and he thought God could never use a nobody to, to, to affect the world. Look at Jeremiah. He says this, the Lord gave me this message. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as, my, as a prophet to the, to the nations. I want you to just get that one second. Before you were even conceived, before you were ever in your mother's womb, God had a calling on your life. That's pretty amazing. Before your kids were ever born, before they were ever conceived, God had a plan and a mission and a calling on their, uh, on their, their life. But here is what he says. Oh, sovereign Lord, I said, I can't speak for you. I'm too young. The Lord replied, don't say I'm too young, for you must go wherever I send you and say whatever I tell you. And don't be afraid of the people, for I will be with you and protect you. Jeremiah doubted that he could do it because of his age. He said, I'm too young to do what you're calling me to, uh, to, to do. But here's the thing is that was great is God gave encouragement to every single one of those people and said, it's okay. It is okay if you don't have what it, what it takes because I have what it takes. And as long as you're with me, you're going to have what it takes to do whatever I call you to, uh, to do. And uh, that's why, you know, we're able to say Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And one thing I learned early in my life in ministry is God does not call the qualified. He qualifies those people that he calls. And then the, this, another one was this, the doubt. It kind of put it in this category, doubts of effectiveness or impact. And they, this is the thing that several people said, I just doubt I'm making any difference in the world. Any, anything in my area. And I'm thinking the people that said this, that's the people that blew me away. Because these people were so absolutely effective, you know, that any of us would look at them and go, you're kidding me, right? I mean, you truly don't believe that you're, a, you're effective in this? I mean, it would be like hearing Billy Graham say, I'm just not effective in evangelism. 
you know, Martin Luther King Jr. saying, you know, I'm just not effective in, in racial relations or anything like that. It's, I mean, it would just be you, these people that were saying this to me, I, mean, I seriously thought they were joking. I thought that, I, I said, you seriously deal with that? Because these were people that were absolutely making an impact in whatever they were doing. And it really made me realize, man, Satan really is good at what he, you know, what he does there and making people feel uh, unimpressive. And here's another one that said this, I doubt my worthiness. How could God use a sinner like me? Why would he ever listen to my prayers? Some doubted that God really loves them as much as he says. Some doubted if, uh, if everything could really work out for, for good, just like he says. Some doubt that their prayers are really being heard. One young lady said, sometimes I doubt if my prayers are ever getting above the, the roof. And, uh, you know, and, and, and again, just think about, there's a verse for every single one of these that, that, that could come back with of going, no, it's not, God really does love you. He really is going to work things out. That, that prayer really is effective. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective, whatever it is that we're struggling with, uh, with there. Another thing is the one person said this, all of my worries, anxieties, and fears can be narrowed down to this. I don't trust, fully trust that God is really who he says he is and that he can do what he says he can, can do. In fact, he said this, is he not onto something? I mean, because think about it. Think about how Satan can affect us if those things, we really don't believe those two things because it'll keep us afraid. It'll keep us worried, anxiety that God's not really who he says he is. It'll keep us from trying out to, and really trying to be the person that God wants us to, to be because we're afraid he's not gonna come through us, through for us. And think of the effect that that can have. Here's one thing it does. Doubt sabotages what God wants to do in us and through us. And I came across this story, National Geographic, and I thought you'd uh, just showing the, the importance of just the little things that can affect things. Richard Conniff writes in National Geographic that on January the, the 12th, 1998, two Swiss men, Beatrice Picard and Vim something or Vazama Bahalaba, I'm not even going to try it, set out to be the first to circle the earth in a balloon. Their aircraft was called the Breitling Orbiter, and it was a high-tech masterpiece, complete with solar panels and an airtight capsule for pressurized flight at high altitudes that would enable them to fly the, stream, the Gulf Stream at over 200 miles an hour. Price tag, $1.5 million. Shortly after takeoff, however, calamity struck. With the cabin sealed tight and pressurized, the pilots suddenly noticed the kerosene, the kerosene fumes. Soon they emailed their, their control center, kerosene's coming through each pipe on both uh, in, inside tanks, and we can't tighten them anymore. It is a nightmare. Answer quick. They were advised to lower their altitude, open the capsule, and hold on until they could get, reach the coast of Algeria. The fumes proved overwhelming, however, and they were forced to ditch in the Mediterranean. The cause of the kerosene leak, uh, leak a clamp, like those used in the automobile uh, radiator hose, had failed. Price tag $1.16. It doesn't take much to undermine a great enterprise. And God intends our life to be a triumphal, a triumphal journey, and so often we allow little things and little doubts to totally sabotage what God wants to do in our life and through our, through our life. Another thing is, the other thing it does is it brings instability. How many of you enjoy America's Funniest Home Videos, ever enjoyed those? I love those things. Man, I've watched those my whole life with my, uh, with my kids and things. And, and I've learned things from America's Funniest Home Videos. I've learned there's several life lessons that you can learn from that. One thing is llamas spit, right? I mean, have you not learned that from that? Every time there is a llama that is shown on, that pic, on, on there, I will, I will yell at the TV set, it's going to spit on you. And sure enough, after a while, a, a llama hucks a loogie right on somebody, right? Gets all over them. 
The other things, never, ever try to water ski onto dry land, right? I mean, it's, again, you've seen it a hundred times, and you, your body's still going 30 miles an hour, and your legs are going zero, and you're going to do a face plant into, into there. The other things I've learned is that merry-go-rounds and slides and swings are death traps. Do not go on those things. Something else is there is not a place that is more dangerous on this earth than a room with a pinata, right? Something else, bridal veils and flames do not mix. That's one of the things I, I've learned. One thing that you see from that every time, about 20 times on there, is that if something could hit a man in a sensitive area, it's going to hit a man in that sensitive area, right? But here's the other thing that I've learned, too, is, is you never put one foot on the dock and one foot on the boat. How many of you have ever tried that? How many of you have ever had that, too? Okay, God bless you. I see those hands. What's going to happen to you at this point? You're going to do the splits, and then you're going to splash, make a splash, Right? Because you're not, you're instable. You're in two different places at the, at the same time. And the Bible talks about that. In the book of James, it says, it says this, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. Those who doubt should not think they will receive anything from the Lord. They're double-minded and unstable in all they do. And isn't that exactly what Peter did? I mean, we're going to talk about that hopefully in, 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 a, in a couple of months. Is I love the story about Peter on the, you know, walking on the water. But he's doing fine, and then all of a sudden he doubts, and what happens to him? He's suddenly in this place, and he's living in two. I see Jesus. I don't see it. You know, I'm looking at the waves, and boom. And he goes, uh, he goes in. And so many times we have to, it, it brings instability into our life. I want to look at... Um, at Abraham was one of the heroes of our faith, and there's an amazing passage about faith in here and how he overcame his, his doubts. And as I read this, I'm going to ask, I'm going to probably, I'm going to ask you to, to, to repeat a few of the, the, little, the little blurbs in here, okay? So here it is. Against all hope, don't miss that one. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith... He faced the fact, everybody say, he faced the fact, that his body was as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old, and that Sarah's womb was also dead, yet he did not waver, say, he didn't waver, through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, say, he gave glory to God, being fully persuaded, say, fully persuaded that God had power to do whatever he had, had promised. And we can learn a bunch from that story. First of all, that, that facing the facts doesn't mean that's doubt, right? I mean, he faced the facts, the Bible said. That's one of the things we re repeated. What was the, thing, the facts that he, that he faced? First of all, that he was, the Bible says, how about this, as good as dead. When the Bible says, when God says you're as good as dead, you're, you're pretty old. I mean, he had been on an AARP you know, member for four decades, okay? That's how old this guy is. And that's, okay, for you baseball fans, that's strike one, right? And then strike two was his, uh, his, his, his wife was just about as ancient as, as well. She's, I mean, she, her biological clock had stopped about four decades before, right? But here's the third thing. Here's strike three. She didn't have a biological clock. The Bible says that her womb was, was, was dead. So that's strike one, strike two, strike three, and you're out, right? 
And that's what he had to face. He didn't ever say, nope, that's not the problem. There's no problem. I, you know, pretend like the di- problem didn't exist. But here's the thing that he also did. He not only faced the facts, but he faced the fact that God's bigger than the facts, right? And, and, and here's what it, here's two, you know, all of us, we believe in gravity. We believe what goes up must come down, right? I mean, we believe that. There's a law of gravity. But how many of you have ever been on an airplane? Raise your hand. Think of this. You have overcome that law. You've overcome that law with the principle, with the principle of thrust, right? And the thrust overcame the, the law of gravity. And there's a God who is bigger than the, than the laws. He's bigger than the problem. He's bigger than the circumstance. And it may truly be true. It really may be true that you don't have the resources that it takes to do whatever it is. But that's okay because our God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And he can will provide, he says all, that he will provide everything according to his glorious riches in, in Christ Jesus. It may be that you really don't have the ability to, to pull off what God's telling you. In fact, if it's a God-sized thing, you won't have the ability. I mean, that's one thing you can tell if it's of God or not. If you go, oh my goodness, there is no way. If God doesn't show up here, I'm a dead person. Then you realize it is a God-sized uh, dream and a God-sized uh, sized vision. But the thing is that, but that's okay because God's ability is, is enough for you to do whatever it is. God working through you is, uh, is enough. And it may be also that, that you can't change the situation. Right now, you're in a situation that you can't change. It's bigger than you. But that's okay because it's not bigger than God, and he's not afraid of that. If God can, can create a world out of nothing... If he can make, you know, seize part, if he can make people rise from the dead, if he can do that, if he can make an ancient people and whose, whose, whose womb is dead, make have them have a, a, a child, he can change whatever circumstances in your life, even though you can't, can't change it. So what do we do when we face the, the doubt storms? And the first thing is, is face the, face the doubt, face the, face the facts in, in life. And it may be a, a, a medical thing that the doctor says this. It may be something that your, your kid really is, you know, right now not paying attention to God and making some really bad decisions. It may be that, you know, wh- whatever it is, that, the, that the, the marriage is on the rocks or the relationship is going south or the finances are really tough, whatever it is, that that may be the true fact. But then admit the doubt. Admit the, the doubt as well. It, I, it's okay to admit doubts. If you've ever seen David, you read the Psalms, he reads, he, he prays R-rated prayers to God and is going, in fact, read, read Psalm 13 sometime, maybe today, and just, he's, he's crying out to God and saying, God, the enemies are surrounding me, I'm, I'm hurting, I'm struggling right now, and everything, and we'll get back to that in a second because he always overcomes that, that doubt. But here's the other thing, it's painful to admit our doubt, isn't it? It's painful to admit, God, I'm struggling right now. I mean, as I was writing this and preparing this message, I was overcome with like a, a, a doubt storm of, of epic proportion for me. And, and here's the thing that was so frustrating about it is it's in a, it was in a way that God had come through for me again and 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 again. And I'm going, why am I still doubting in the middle of this? But it's okay to go, you know, God... I just want to admit, I'm struggling with this. I'm doubting this right now. I don't want to doubt. It's the person that came up to Jesus and said, I believe, but help me in my unbelief. And we can admit our doubts. And what is the area that you're doubting right now? What's an area where you're struggling, where you need, where you're saying, God, I am. I'm just going to admit I'm doubting right now, and I need that. Another thing is, uh, is stop wavering. Look at what it says. In, uh, it says, uh, he did not waver in unbelief, through unbelief, regarding the promise of God. He wasn't doing the boat thing. He wasn't having one foot on there and one foot on, uh, on the, the boat and one foot on the dock. During the days of Elijah, 
Okay, he says this. Elijah looks at the people. They're, they're wavering between beliefs. They're, that they're wor- worshiping Baal, uh, this false fertility god, one, one moment, and they're worshiping the true God uh, the next moment. And he said, stop wavering. Stop wavering in these unbeliefs. If God is God, serve him. If he's not God, then don't serve him. But don't do this thing. Don't try to be in two worlds at the, at the same time. And as we go out of here, if you turn on the radio, you have a choice. You can either turn on AM or FM, right? There's no in-between. There's no AM, FM-ish, right, in, in the middle of that. It's, it's one or the other. You've got to choose which one it is. In the same way, we choose. We can either choose faith. Every time we face something, every time we face a struggle, we have that opportunity to either choose faith or to choose doubt. And, 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 and God is just saying, stop wavering. Stop getting in, in the middle there and trying to and do the, 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 the both things. And here's one that's beautiful is praise God in the middle of the doubt. One thing we, we said is he was strengthened in his faith and gave, gave glory to God. Don't miss this. This was before the miracle ever happened. This was before the promise was fulfilled. He is praising God before the good stuff happened. Anybody can praise God after the stuff, right? Anybody can praise God after the miracle comes and God, the provision comes and the reconciliation comes and everything like that. But are we praising God in the middle of this before it ever comes? That's what takes, that's what takes faith. And I really believe that's probably the thing that's, that, that blesses God sometimes the most is when we do a sacrifice of praise. When we're not feeling like praising God and we praise Him Him anyway. And we've been singing a song that says, raise a hallelujah. We sang it the last couple of weeks. And I love this because it talks about praising God. Here it is, in the middle of the storm, not after the storm is calmed, in the middle of the storm, in the middle of the mystery. When we don't understand, when things are happening, we don't get it. And we're still praising God anyway, going, God, you're still worthy. You're still trustworthy. I'm just going to say that you're, you're good and everything. Even when right now I may not be seeing that faithfulness, but I know you are, and I'm going to see that to the, the end. Or surrounded by the enemies. And here's what the song says, that heaven's going to come fight for us. I believe that's straight out of the Word of God. Hope arises from the ashes, and fear loses its hold over us. I'm telling you, the, the thing is, if you want Satan to flee from your life, start praising God. Because he cannot stand it when, when, when God's name is being lifted up. When God's word is being proclaimed and his name is lifted up. This is the safest place in the world right now, right? Because well, his, God's name is being lifted up and his word is being proclaimed. And this is a safe place. You want to see God, Satan flee? You want to see God come into this situation? Uh, start praising God even in the midst of the, of the storm. The other thing, amen? The other thing is uh, be fully persuaded. And... Um, what, and he says this, he was strengthened his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had, had promised. Uh, and I want you to, to, to think about that, that if, we, if we're not fully persuaded in that, what we're doing is really opening the door and saying, we're opening the door to doubt. If we are not fully persuaded that God is who he says he is, and God can do what he says he can do, then we're opening up a door and saying, come on, doubt, come on in. Do whatever you want to do. Wreck up, the, wreck up the whole place. Change my effectiveness for God. Make it where I worry and I fear and everything. Come on in. If we are not, if we, are, if we do not know where we stand on those. But, you know, and the thing is, if we are saying, if we know who and truly believe God is who he says he is and can do what he says he can do, 
man, we are closing the door to, the, to that. We are closing the door to doubt. We're closing the door to worry. We're closing the door to, to anxiety and fear in our, uh, in our life. And David, going back to, the, to thir, uh, the 13th Psalm, he says this. I love that David always, he starts out being real and praying, God, I'm hurting, I'm hurting, I'm hurting. And you know what? I'm doubting right now and I'm struggling right now, but watch how he always comes through. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord, for he has been good to me. He's praising God in the middle of the storm, and you know what's giving him the ability to do that? Because he's absolutely convinced of who God is and the character of, uh, of God. And finally, it's perse- uh, persevere. And I love this verse, and I want you to hear this. He says, he will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in him. And the word there I use for peace is a word that probably a lot of us have heard before. It's a word that, that, that one Jew would, will say to another Jew. It is a greeting or, or by, and that's shalom. And uh, I think it's the greatest greeting there is in the world. I really do. What it literally means, it mean, you know, we know it means peace, but it means way more than peace. It's really saying well-being in every way. Everything good. I mean, what they're saying to each other when they say goodbye to each other, hello, they say, everything good. Man, I want everything good in your life. That's what I'm proclaiming over you. That's the peace that it's talking about. In fact, the word in the Hebrew, listen to this. Maybe even just close your eyes a second. Listen to what this word means. Well, happy, healthy, prosperous, safe, peaceful, restful, good favor, and overall blessing. Now, the word that is used before that when it talks about perfect peace, guess what that word is? When they were translated perfect, it's shalom again. This literally means, it literally says, he will give you shalom, shalom. He's going to give you a double helping of, of peace. He's going to give you peace on top of peace. He's going to give you perfect peace. And I don't know about you, but I'm saying I want some of that. I want you talking about double what we just talked about there. I'm one in on that. So how do we do that? How do we find that perfect peace? He sa- says it. It says, him whose mind, the person whose mind is steadfast. And the word steadfast there in the Hebrew is the word samak. And what it means is literally, man, you are holding on with everything you've got. It means this, to hang on, to keep going, to remain true no matter what. To keep trusting, believing, believing the best, having faith no matter what the circumstance and outlook is. And, you know, maybe you can relate to the person that's just hanging on, just hanging on with everything you got, hanging on everything. And, uh, and if you've ever been in that situation, maybe you're in that situation right now, and you're just holding on with everything you've got. Maybe everything in, inside of you is telling you to let go. Everything inside of you is telling you to give up. Everything inside of you is saying, this is for the birds. Whatever it is, I've had enough. Whatever it is, you keep hanging on. Hang on to God's goodness. Hang on to God's faithfulness. Hang on to God's peace. Hang on to God's character. Hang on to God's word. Hang on to God's promises. And watch what will happen. Listen to these, uh, this, you, you know, this little poem that talks about the, the power of two things. The power of negativity. The power of doubting. And the power of true belief. And it says this. If you think you're beaten, you are. If you think you dare not, you don't. If you'd like to win, but you think you can, it's almost certain you won't. If you think you'll lose, you're lost. For out of this world you'll find success belongs to the fellow's will. It's all in the state of mind. If you think you're outclassed, you are. You've got to think high to rise. You've got to be sure of yourself before you can win the prize. Life's battles don't always go to the stronger or fastest man. But sooner or later, the man who wins is the person who thinks they can. And if we could just bow our head right now.
I'm going to ask that the prayer team start coming up, the altar team. What's your biggest doubt right now? What's the biggest doubt that, you're, that you have? What's the area we're struggling to truly believe God's promises or to truly believe that it's going to work out, truly believe that God's going to come through? Face the facts. Where's the things that are, what's, what's, what's against you? What, what's the wind that's, that's, that's in your face? What's the, what's the waves? What's the obstacle? What's the giant? What's the, what's the wall? And now just admit your doubts. Admit and just saying, God, I'm, I'm just, you see, I'm struggling with this. I'm struggling and God, I believe, help me in my unbelief. And how right now can you stop wavering? And maybe even in your mind and your picture of just going, you know what, I'm between, I'm between the, the, the dock and the, and the boat, and right now I'm choosing to get on the boat with you. I'm choosing to stop doubting, and I'm choosing to start believing what you say. And maybe just start praising God right now. Not waiting until it's all finished and everything's worked out, but right now in the middle of the storm, right now in the middle of the mystery, right now when you're surrounded by the enemy. And are you fully persuaded? Are you fully persuaded that God is who He says He is? And that He, we can truly rest in His promises and persevere. Hanging on, hanging on, hanging on. That we don't let go of Him because He's never going to let go of you. Trusting in Him fully. And as we do, we receive peace on top of peace. Him whose mind is steadfast. They give perfect peace to the man or woman whose mind is steadfast because we trust in you. God, help us to trust in you more. We banish doubt right now in our mind, in our hearts, in our thoughts. And God, we receive the faith and we want to live in the faith you've already given us. And so God, help us to speak right now to the mountain, the mountain in our heart and say, be moved right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Be moved right now in the name of Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, Amen. Thank you so much for listening to the Crossroads Church Podcast. If you would like to listen to past Crossroads Church Podcast, you can go to mycrossroads.co slash podcast. Once again, thanks for listening.